0: Viruses, they touch all of us. Pandemics, hospitalizations, deaths. There's hope for one fight, though. RSV is an annual killer of babies and the elderly, but it may soon be a thing of the past. Vaccines are here. Is this the end of cold season as we know it? Many different viruses bring stuffy noses and sore throats, but RSV is particularly dangerous. It fills pediatric hospitals and it roars through retirement homes. This year, the hospitalizations for this virus are seven times higher than 2019. But several RSV vaccines are showing promise. One protects infants from nearly 70% of severe cases. Others are proving successful for the elderly. Experts say we could have these vaccines fully tested and available in just two years, maybe even next year. Well, we love to hear about hope, but there's one piece of good news better than all the others Jesus Christ came to this world. Welcome to Haven Today here on Thursday. I'm Charles Morris, sharing with you the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're in a series this week called Good News for Ukraine. I've tried explaining how bad the situation is in Ukraine, but words can only explain so much. So I asked the president of Mission Eurasia, Sergey Rakuba, to share a story with you and me, a story that leads us to Jesus. And here's what he told me.
1: The war broke out, uh, and uh, uh, thousands of people started making their way out of there communities, you know, looking for a safer place, you know, just pouring into Western Ukrainian towns and crossing into the neighboring countries. Uh, and the roads were packed, you know, so uh, people were driving their cars, you know, so buses, you know, there were lines of miles, of, I mean, uh, long lines, you know, to the checkpoints. Uh, one man from the suburb of Kyiv, from the town of Bucha was heavily, heavily uh, suffered uh, from Russian attack and Russian atrocities. Uh, so he put his two single dead, uh, he put uh, his two teenage girls into his car. He was a businessman, so he was a uh, well off. He was not looking for any help, but he says, I just wanted to find a safer place for my girls. Their mom died a couple months prior to war. So they are driving in their car, they're dealing with all these trip issues, they're coming to one of the places called Chernivtsi, that's where Mission Eurasia, from the first week of war, we started our refugee assistance center, that's where we were packing those food packages and offering to people who were in need. So they drive around the town, he could not find a place, and somebody pointed them to one street, he says, I drive Uh, Lots of cars, you know, I could not find parking. And then he says, just by provision, I see the parking spot right in front of the door. People were standing. There is a sign. I care refugee assistance center in Ukrainian language. That sign was. He says, I pull into the parking slot. On the way there, his kids were asking, daddy, where is God in all of this? Have you heard about God? Can you tell us anything? People mention God. God is there. He can help. But listen, what's happening to us? Our mom recently died with this war. So many people suffer. Where is God in all of this?
0: Where is God in all of this? That's an honest question that Sergei Rekuba with Mission Eurasia just shared with us. In a moment, I want you to hear the answer and how the Lord provided hope to this family. But first, I want to give you a chance to show refugee children just like the one Sergey is telling us about, where God is. You can be the hands and feet of Jesus this Christmas by giving financially to support Christmas boxes for refugee children. Haven Today is partnering with Mission Eurasia to package and deliver thousands of Christmas boxes that are filled with toys and candies, socks or mittens, school supplies, And most important, hope. Each box includes an age-appropriate Bible in the Ukrainian language. Often, it's the Jesus Storybook Bible from my friend Sally Lloyd-Jones. So would you join us in sharing the hope of Jesus with thousands of displaced children this Christmas? $25 will send one box of hope. How many boxes can you and your family send this year? Better pray about that. And then call us after the program. At 865 Haven. 865 Haven. Or go online, watch the video where Sergei shows what a Christmas box looks like, and then you can make your gift when you visit haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And remember, not a dime for Haven. Stay with me. We're going to hear the conclusion of this powerful story that Sergei is sharing, but first, let's hear a song of hope by Jamie Kemet. Love your neighbor.
2: Bad news everywhere. Broken hearts in need of prayer. But there's hope. It is grace. And together we can give it away. Why do we hesitate? One day might be too late. We gotta share the gospel. From my heart Cause there's no better place To start Oh Oh
0: A song of hope, isn't it? Love Your Neighbor, a perfect song for us today by Scottish musician Jamie Kemet. Here on Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris, and a program called Good News for Ukraine. Before that song, we heard the first part of a story by Sergei Rakuba about a refugee family in Ukraine. They were trying to find food when one of the children asked their father, where is God?
1: He says, I could not tell them anything. I was not a believer. So when I pulled into that parking spot, I saw that sign people were there and my girls wanted to come in because the help was offered there. He says, I wasn't too proud of a man. I didn't want to go inside. So I sent my girls to go and see what's happening there. So he says, I'm waiting for 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes. They're not coming out. I started feeling anxious. And then I see my girls, my daughters, come out. Man is kind of escorting them, helping them with that food package they are carrying. They could not just, it was quite heavy. Trying to get into our back seat, into my car, and just interrupting it. They just started kind of explaining, Daddy, this is the place. God is there. There is all about God. They gave us food. They heard all our needs. They prayed for us. They prayed, you know, so that God will help us. So this is the place where God is. And those stories can be repeated so many times. When Christians get involved, and in the name of Jesus, they offer help to these devastated, needy refugees that are in so much need, looking not just for help, you know, to feed their bodies or to get warm for their bodies. They need spiritual help. And that's what we can do when we can support the national church and national volunteers who are in the name of Jesus. They bring the practical gospel in the midst of those who are suffering because of the war.
0: This is Haven Today in a program called Good News for Ukraine. And if you would like to join Sergei, and his team in helping refugee children through Mission Eurasia's Christmas boxes. Stay with me, and I'll share with you how in a few minutes. As the war in Ukraine has raged on, I've noticed something interesting about how we as outsiders looking in have responded. It's something I don't think we think about too often, but it's something we do often. We take sides. When the news broke that Russia had started its attack on Ukraine, Most people I know immediately took sides. And months later, people are still taking sides, pro-Ukraine, pro-Russia. Now, in this war, I would say it's pretty clear, at least to me and everybody I talk to, who's in the wrong. Russia should not have invaded. But that isn't what I want us to talk about. I want to talk about how this is playing out. When people take sides, here's what I see most often. They want Ukraine to destroy Russia. Russia becomes the enemy. They need to be put to an end. Prayers for Ukraine turn into prayers against Russian soldiers and the country of Russia. The desire to see the war end turns into a desire to see Russians put to death. And as a Christian, I wonder if there isn't something off about that. Certainly, all of us, I at least hope all of us, want this war to end. We want The onslaught to stop. Some of us think Ukraine isn't wrong to defend itself, but somewhere along the line, how do we end up praying for the death of others? Christ was clear. Christians should not desire or pursue the death of anyone. He said those who live by the sword are going to die by the sword. And he meant those who use violence and death as a means to an end will eventually be brought to end by the same violence and death. How can you and I pray for the end of a war? How can we pray for good news for Ukraine, but at the same time uphold our commitment to the God of life? Well, Jesus told a story once about this. He was in a discussion with an expert in the law, someone who knew his Bible, the Hebrew Bible at least, front to back. And I know a few people like this. Name a verse, they can tell you all about it, what it means, where it came from. Who wrote it? Well, this expert in the law was trying to test Jesus' theology to see how much he knew. So he asked him a simple question. What must I do to inherit eternal life? It's a question we all long to answer. How do we get there? And Jesus' answer was impossibly difficult. You need to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength And you need to love your neighbor as yourself. Sounds easy enough, right? Be wholly devoted to the Lord and devoted to the good of your neighbor. But this expert in the law wanted specifics. So he asked, who is my neighbor? And here is when Jesus began his story. It's from Luke 10. And you'll know it as the story of the Good Samaritan. Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He went over to him, he bandaged his wounds, he poured on oil and wine, and then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Now that's a famous story. There's even a law where I live named after it the Good Samaritan Law, and it's interesting. The first thing you should notice is that the priest and the Levite crossed the road to pass by this poor, injured man. He was walking on a very dangerous road between Jerusalem and Jericho. And if you've ever been to Jerusalem and take a trip over to Jericho along the Jordan River, you can understand why this road would have been dangerous in the first century. It's mountainous. It's windy. It's a perfect place for robbers to hide out and wait. But as the Samaritan was laying there half dead, these two Israelites passed by. They chose to remain ceremonially pure instead of helping their neighbor. Jesus wasn't accusing every priest or Levite for doing this, but just showing that a devotion to religion or a devotion to the Lord might lead someone to stop caring for the needs right in front of them. And that's why Jesus asked the question after he told this story. Which of these people was a neighbor to the man? Now that question, who is my neighbor, gets turned around here, doesn't it? Instead of who is my neighbor, we ask who can I be a neighbor to? And when it comes to war and taking sides in a war or praying for a war to end, our question shouldn't be who is my enemy. The question should be, How can I be a neighbor to these people? How can I pray for the war to end and the aggression to stop without crossing over into a desire for harm or an apathy towards suffering? That's the question we're all dealing with. It's a difficult question to answer. The priest and the Levite were so concerned about their worship that they neglected a person in need right in front of them. How often are we like that? We're faithful to show up on church on the weekend or to pray every day. But are we using our gifts and our time to pursue the good of those around us? Sadly, many of us go through every day like that expert in the law, asking who is our neighbor so we can get out of caring about everyone. And sadly, many of us go further, trying to find our enemies so we can try to take them out. And sadly, this happens when we take our eyes off Jesus, because he was the great Samaritan. We were left broken and bruised on the side of the road, and Jesus did not pass us by. He didn't think of us as an enemy that needed to be put to death. Instead, he chose to commit himself to our good. He wanted our sin to be brought to an end. He wanted the hostility that we experienced between us and the Lord to end. But he knew the way to do that wasn't to set his sights on our death. He went to the cross to put an end to the strife and the sin that we face. He died to heal us, just like that Samaritan. He brought us back to full health at his own expense. He was a perfect neighbor to us. And when we trust in him, when we look to him, And consider his great love for us. We can't help but care for those around us. We no longer try to find enemies, whether they be political or personal. We no longer need someone to hate or to wish ill for. We no longer need to invest our lives in seeing the enemy brought down. Instead, we devote ourselves to what is good and what is just and what is healing to others. We become a neighbor to all people. And especially to those who suffer. Just like Christ, we find ourselves serving the lowest and the least, not catering to the highest and the mightiest. It all comes from His gospel, His work for us. And that frees us to love, and it frees us to be a good neighbor, a good Samaritan. So, we pray for the end of this war in Eastern Europe. We pray good news for Ukraine, but we do so. As a neighbor to all We want the death to stop All of it And we look to the death and resurrection of Christ Jesus To give us strength As we pray
3: I could write a melody That all of heaven's choir sings But if I don't have love Then it means nothing And I can spit out some holy words. Something that you've never heard But if I don't have love It means nothing If I can't love my neighbor Like I love myself If I won't move When my brother cries out for help If I'm too proud to forgive Before the sun goes down That I've been living What does it mean now At best it all means nothing With all love it all means nothing I can dine with the kings and queens My name go down in history but if I don't have love, it means nothing. So take the old and make me new. Show me how to love like you. Because if I don't have love, it means nothing. If I can love my neighbor like I love myself. If I won't move and my brother cries out for help yeah. If I'm too proud to forgive for the sin my neighbor like I love myself and I want to move when my brother cries out for help don't want to be too proud to forgive before the sun goes down in this life that I've been living what would it mean the best it will all mean something With love, it all means something. I hope it all means something.
0: Nothing, something, Pat Barrett here on Haven Today and Good News for Ukraine. And I am so thankful we could hear again from my friend Sergei Rakuba at Mission Eurasia. There are millions of children being displaced this Christmas. And Mission Eurasia wants to help send a 100,000 Christmas boxes, boxes of hope, to children living in the most hopeless of situations. And that's why Haven Today is partnering with Mission Eurasia. They're already working with hundreds of churches in Ukraine, Poland, Moldova, throughout Eurasia to package and deliver thousands of Christmas boxes to traumatized and displaced refugee children. You can help share the hope of Jesus with thousands of these kids this Christmas. Just $25 will send a box of hope filled with candy Essentials like mittens or beanies and an age-appropriate Bible to a refugee child. How many refugee children can you help this Christmas? And let me remind you, as always, Haven's not taking a dime of what you give for the Christmas boxes. 100% of gifts for Ukraine go to Ukrainian refugee children. So, why don't you pray right now? Pray about how generous you can be, but then call us right now. At 865 Haven. 865 Haven. Or go online, watch the video where Sergey shows what a Christmas box looks like, and then make your gift when you visit haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And let me just remind you we are listener supportive ministry. If you listen and are blessed by Haven Today, may I invite you to become a Haven Partner. This is somebody who agrees to pray regularly and give automatically monthly to help us keep sharing the story, the great story that's all about Jesus. Ask about becoming a Haven Partner when you call or read about it online. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? And again together, we'll share the great story. It's all about Jesus. Here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. 104 years ago this month, the First World War came to an end. It was a brutal war. Millions died. People called it the war to end all wars. But of course it didn't. Only two decades later, an even larger war broke out. But do you ever wonder how the veterans of World War I handled it when Germany invaded Poland? All that blood spilled, but the world still went to war again. Sometimes it seems like final victory will never arrive. But the Bible tells us that Jesus earned the victory for us. And one day we will be raised from the dead. Paul writing in 1 Corinthians, Thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Anchor devotional is available in print monthly. Visit getanchor.com.